3: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Thanks to all of you who are joining right now on YouTube.com slash Cover 3. Every single Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we will be here giving you our locks subscribers if you're listening uh thank you as well getting it at the normal time maybe it's thursday at lunch maybe it's thursday afternoon friday maybe you're just getting tuned up to get these locks in on saturday but if you do want to join the fun it is always available at youtube.com slash cover three gentlemen uh the pre-show conversation included uh i heard the quote well i've got anywhere from seven to twenty five locks so uh, let's go ahead and waste no more time and jump into a quick review of what we saw in week two. So Tom Fernelli, six and three on the week, San Diego state plus two and a half uh, air force Navy service Academy unders standard, a lock fight win against uh, Danny with the under in Michigan, Washington. Uh, we've got the Iowa win with at plus four and a half, really not much of a doubt there. Ball state, didn't put up much of a fight. Uh, the Texas A&M team total over went down with Haynes King in that injury. And would they have hit it with him? I don't know. That's uh, that's something for another time. Texas minus six and a half, also a loss. But then you came in with a lock fight win against Chip. Are you two and zero now against me?
2: I think so, yeah. I'm just yeah. dominating your ass. Yeah, the
3: Oregon and Ohio State under was the win. And then Vandy plus seven with the win. Again, six and three on the week. That brings your total on the season to 12 and nine plus 2.1 units. Uh, any notes or observations from the week? Uh, no, nothing
2: really stood out to me. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to operate under the assumption that had Haynes King not gotten hurt that have clearly scored at least 34 points, probably
3: 70. Clearly. Uh, Chip had a four and five week, minus 1.5 units. In the UNITY lock unity takes a big L with Missouri plus five and a half. Uh, then stacking up some wins with the Service Academy unders. App State plus nine against Miami. The Cyhawk Hawk under 46. And then... Came a bunch of losses. NC State minus two and a half loss. Oklahoma State minus 13. Nearly lost it on the field. Texas minus six and a half did lose it on the field. Oregon, Ohio State over. I don't know. I was still sweating that all the way down to the end, but it was not because of Ohio State getting off the bus and scoring 40, uh, as we have discussed throughout the week. And then I also cashed in on the Vanderbilt win. Danny, uh, you were right there. Danny and Bud right there with Missouri. Uh, a loss on Washington plus seven. A loss on Michigan, Washington over. A loss on Iowa State minus four. A loss on Illinois plus 10. Then come the Dubs. Tulsa plus 13 and a half. That's a lock fight win against Chip. Then you've got the Western Kentucky, Bailey Zap plus seven. Also tagging it with the DK two for one special on the over 52 and Texas, Arkansas over 56 caches. Four and five week as well, minus 1.5 units. You are 12 and 10 on the season. Danny, any thoughts or observations?
4: Stay above water early in the season. I'm happy where I am. I've done more prep. I'm in a great mood. I don't know why, because Florida State has former players tweeting at recruits. Tell them, don't go there. Other than that, I'm doing great. Let's go. (laughs) Bud has Missouri plus five and a half in the loss
3: watching plus seven is a loss. We got the first half under 24 and a half Cal TCU is a loss. Then we cash a win Iowa plus four and a half loss on NC state loss on the Texas A&M team total loss on the Ohio state first half team total. UMass plus 38 minute men getting the dub. Uh, I mean, just some traitorous activity to take Colorado state against our beloved doors, but that minus seven, uh, you really you, you hold that L. Texas A&M first half minus nine is a loss. Georgia State plus 26 and a half against North Carolina is a loss. Pitt minus three. hail to Pitt. That's a win. Troy plus four and a half is a loss. A push on the Colorado first half team total under seven. I misstated it on the pod.
1: <laughs> I bet it's seven and a half, and I think I just said under seven.
3: <laughs> Tulsa first half team total under eight and a half is a win. And the Akron team total under 21 and a half is a loss. That is four,
1: like crazy on that. that four so
3: and eleven on the week, minus eight point one units, but still uh seventeen and thirteen on this young season so far. That is Uh, let's see. So chip right now in first place on the season up 4.1 units, followed by bud, followed by Tom, followed by Danny. But, uh, before we jump into, let me get this off the screen. Um, Tom, once we get on the other side of coming to get these, you will have the honors on the tee box, but gentlemen, y'all ready to lock it up. Let's do it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special
1: five-star locks are coming.
2: Since 2005, when Service Academy's locked.
1: get
3: these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. The under is
2: 33 90. We've
0: gone over a times. You lock these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every every point, every cover, every, cover, every cover.
3: All right, Mr. Fernelli, you have the honors on the T box as the week two winner. Uh, I think you can just take us wherever you want to go. there's a if the if you have an Ohio, Louisiana pick that you are feeling rock solid confident in then take us there. But other than that, I think the the full board is open.
2: Uh, I do have a pick for Ohio, Louisiana, but I'm not putting it on the pod. I got it at <clears throat> I got it at Ohio plus twenty twenty and a half, and it has quickly gone down to 19.5 nineteen and a half since. Something's going on I don't know about, but that's where I would go if you're listening to this right now. Uh, As for my first official lock, as soon as I get my voice back after swallowing water down the wrong pipe, (laughs) I am going to go with the shirt I'm wearing. My favorite play of the week is Michigan state plus six and a half at Miami. I just have very little faith in the hurricanes right now. Like obviously they got blasted by Alabama in the season opener. I don't really hold that against them, but there were a lot of flaws in that game that were put on display and shown to the world by Alabama. And I think last week, App State took advantage of a lot of them, keeping that game close. Miami needing a field goal in the final minutes to avoid be starting off 0-2 with a home loss to its Belt team, even if it is a good Sun Belt team. And I look at this Michigan State team, and if you look at the competition they've played so far, it's not exactly, you know, murderers row of opponents, but they have, Just come out from the start, like literally first play of the game. Both weeks they've scored, and they have dominated both games that they've played in against the opponents. Like Northwestern, as I said, we're probably not going to be a great team this year, but they dominated Northwestern for 60 minutes, and then last week they came out and dominated. And I just think that there is uh, an element to this offense now, as far as the passing game, where it's not what I would you know, it's they're not running an air raid and they're not blowing things up, but there is a competency level and more of an explosiveness to the passing game that I have seen Michigan State have in a while. So I think this is probably the most complete Spartans team we've seen. And I think defensively, they're sound enough to where they could kind of, you know, keep Derrick King in the pocket and make him beat him with his arm. And as we've seen through the first two weeks with Derek King coming back from that ACL and not really being as mobile as he was, it's been pretty effective. Like Miami's offense has stuttered. So I think the Michigan State, I'm taking them in the points, but I don't think it's crazy to think that they're going to go on the road and beat Miami on Saturday.
3: I don't think it's crazy. It's not a lock, but I don't want any piece of Miami. I wouldn't. If y'all have any counter, any plays on this,
1: Tom, I'm there with you in spirit. Uh, I I played seven and a half at over fifty three and a half earlier in the week. Uh, I can't quite get there to throw it on the locks pot at six and a half, but uh, I'll give you a cool stat that might help you feel good about this. Yes, DeAndre Smith was probably Miami's best linebacker. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, Miami, uh, if you listen to the inside of the U. Podcast, they love their defensive line-ish. They thought their secondary is pretty good. Linebacker, already cause for concern. And then Counter Smith goes down. Maybe some Michigan State can exploit. I guess we'll see. I got to play.
4: Uh, I don't like it. I'm 0-2 in lock fights versus Tom. We're going to fight. Wow. Fight. Fight. So, fight. I think Miami has been very predictable to this point. What they've been, right? Like, no one, I don't think any one of us gave them a real chance versus Alabama. Mm-hmm. The game was over hard one, great competition. Uh, the App State game, I think App State's pretty good. Like, and it's a tough team, it's a tricky out. That game had hangover written all over it, found a way to win. Miami is 0 2 against the spread to start the season. They have only started 0 3 against the spread one time in the past 40 years. They are not going to do it again. It is not going to be number two. Miami wins and covers. I think the difference here that maybe Tom is underestimating, living up there in Chicago, just kicking it in the nice, cool fall weather. I'm looking outside right now. It is raining. It is humid. And this is a noon kick. It is going to be hot. Miami thrives in the heat. I think the competition matters. I think that Miami's definitely more battle-tested, although I'm a little bit worried that around the third or fourth quarter, if I look up there and it's a little bit tighter, it's going the wrong way, I'm going to say, man, I wish Rocky Lombardi was under center for Michigan (laughs) State, but – I still like the canes in this one at home to get it done. Little ACC versus Big 10 fight going on.
2: it's, it's been 85 degrees here in Chicago for every day the last two weeks.
4: What's the humidity? You don't understand the humidity. Oh, do you yes, sweat I when you go outside and walk yes. The dogs? Yes.
2: Yes. Do you <laughs> understand like you I live like, I lived right next to a giant body of water? There's <laughs> plenty of humidity here too. Oh. We'll yeah, that is
3: that is the one uh bit of like pushback that I've seen because look Given what we've seen from Michigan State and Miami, I don't think Tom's alone in thinking that Sparty's in a, a very interesting spot to be able to maybe even go up and, and get the upset. And the pushback, Danny, that I continue to see is like, noon kick, they're screwed, you know, get they get out the hydration, you're not going to be able to handle it down there yep. in that South Florida heat. Uh, so. We'll see if uh, if the weather uh, ends up being a storyline. We'll see if the weather ends up being a storyline throughout this very I podcast.
2: Think, I think Sparty's got plenty of players from Florida. They'll be fine.
3: Mm-hmm. We'll oh, see. Well, let's see. Okay, uh, Bud, do you have a loaded card? So
4: do we need to just go ahead and start? <laughs> <getting these out? laughs> we every three, but we go one. He goes three. We go one. He goes three. That's what we should do. All right, I, I'm going to go to a team that I lost with last week.
1: Right, um, Troy did not get it home for me. After watching that game, I don't feel bad about that that bet really. Uh, you know, both Liberty and Troy battled. I had Troy plus the four and a half, and uh, and Liberty got him by, by seven. But I, I would I would fire that again. Uh, I think Troy can play some pitch and catch. They were not very good inside the opponent forty. Uh, however, I don't know if you guys caught this note or not. This is potentially you know kind of important. Southern Miss quarterback Trey Low is now listed on the depth chart with an or with ty keys who i believe is a freshman there at southern miss uh troy lowe started the first two games for southern miss and then he was in street clothes and a boot on the sideline in last week's game against grambling i played troy minus nine that's not available anymore for the lock spot i will play troy minus the 10 uh i think we'll get they you nine can, and a half absolutely give me nine and a half uh, I, I think they will throw it around uh and and I just think they're gonna win this one comfortably. Troy's defense may be a little bit better than I thought, actually, given how well they played against Liberty.
3: Do you have Troy as like a top sixty five top seventy kind of team?
1: Uh, I have Troy. Where do I have Troy? Uh, i, was well, I um, make I make this game minus fourteen if if right. that gives you an indication of how 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 good I think they are. Gotcha.
3: Um, all right, well, I'll go ahead and take us to, uh, the, let's, let's, let's get the headliner out of the way. Let's see who's going to actually throw something down, uh, throw something down on the lock stock because when we have, uh, Auburn, who's not yet really been tested going to take on a Penn state team that, you know, passed its first test against Wisconsin and, you know, as, as much as we wanted to use our emotions about the house-divided, cover-three family rivalry with Ball State and Penn State, I think that seeing Penn State just handle business is, is something that's encouraging. However, I am not prepared to lay points with Sean Clifford. And I am not prepared to take Bo Nix on the road. So, with a very simple explanation, I figure that we can get our Penn State-Auburn conversation going with saying, it's Sean Clifford, Against Bo Nix, I will be taking the under.
2: 53.
3: Okay. Let's go.
4: Anybody going anywhere in that total? I am. Oh, fight. I'm going again. Fight's like it was such a good Thursday. You guys heard me. I was listening to Bob Marley before the show, like in a great mood. So Auburn scored 60 plus points back-to-back weeks. First time since 1932 large part because of the run game. I still think the run game could be explosive. Tank's Bigby, uh, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter going off last week. Uh, Sean Clifford's been playing better. He really has. He's gone over 230 yards passing 220? in the last four games. 2021. 21. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. And he's had zero interceptions. So he's taking better contra- care of the ball. There's a piece of me – this is very much a contrarian play because I, I think – The majority of people are going to think like you. We're going to get a reenactment of Graham Mertz versus Sean Clifford. But I will remind you, in that game, Mike Yursich dialed up some big plays. Clifford missed on some of those. I think we're going to see incredible atmosphere. I think you're going to see more offense than the 53. So give me the over, the total. Two fights for me to start it off.
2: I don't know why you two are so obsessed with the total when the play here is incredibly obvious. Penn State. <clears throat> You're talking about it being the battle of Bo Nix and Sean Clifford. Who the hell wants to bet on Bo Nix on the road? Like hey,
3: You have the splits pulled up right
2: now? I, I do have the splits. Yeah, Thank you it. for asking, Chip. Here, Here's Bo Nix who has been you know, through his career, he's been pretty good at home. He's completed, uh, let's see, 63% of his passes, 7.7 yards per attempt, 15 touchdowns, and one interception. On the road, his completion rate drops to 54.5%. His YPA plummets to 5.7 per attempt, and he's thrown more touchdowns, 10, than he has touchdowns, or interceptions than touchdowns. He's not good on the road this is going to be his first road start of the season in front of a hundred thousand people all wearing white and going crazy because it is the big prime time game so they're going to be tailgating all day and they're going to be drunk as hell come nighttime, and they're going to be loud they're going to be raucous and i can get penn state minus four and a half so i'm taking penn state minus four and a half
3: this thing has moved a point and a half since what yesterday
2: yeah i don't know what's going on
1: i'm a little bit worried about it but i'm not worried about it at all it opened four and a half. Okay. And I bet, I bet, I bet Penn State minus four and a half. Okay. However, there is something I like even more in this game than the Penn State minus four and a half. Now that team totals are out a little bit late this week, yeah, I want I that Auburn under twenty-four team total. All right. So Auburn played Akron. They put up like ten yards play against Akron. We covered this. I think already twice this week. But if you guys are new to Lockspot, I'm gonna go over this again. <laughs> Auburn, with their newfound offense, dropping 60 points on people. About 10 yards of play before garbage time against Akron. Akron, who plays a whole bunch of freshmen and walk-ons in that game. Akron, last weekend, against Temple's backup quarterback at home. Eight yards of play allowed before garbage time. Auburn really didn't do anything to Akron's defense that Temple, with the backup quarterback, didn't do on the road to Akron's defense. I do not want to bet the game under here because I do think that Penn State is one of these sneaky pace teams, right? And they're trying to play a lot faster this year. Like them, Arizona, there's a couple more that are really cranking off a lot more plays and drives based on, on how they're playing. Uh, but I, I like that Auburn under 2014 total. To me, that's I, I I feel good about that. But okay. Tom, I'm with you there on that four and a half too. Just I won't, I won't lock agreements. I like this better.
3: The uh it's and listen, I we're talking about a quarterback who has multiple names. I mean, Josh Pate called him Bo Picks yesterday <laughs> on the uh, early edge afternoon show at 3 p.m. I'm seeing in the uh, in the comments you just gotta say no to road bow, says Will. I mean, there's there there are nursery rhymes written about not trusting the Auburn quarterback uh, in these positions. So it's uh, I it seems like This is a contrarian Danny. He can either have our way or else we're all walking to the window with thinking that this is going to be the same kind of game. Uh, While we're talking about headliners, does anybody have a Florida Bama play Florida Bama? I do.
2: Okay, let's do it. I'm not overthinking this one. I'm I'm laying the points with Alabama. I think the best I can get right now on the show is 14 and a half. I was able to get 14. Oh, no, wait. There's a 14. Thank you, unnamed sports book. Um, <clears throat> I just that's I, I I'm not overthinking it. Florida has they've got the QB controversy. Emery Jones has not been good. The fans want Anthony Richardson, but for some reason Dan Mullen's not putting Anthony Richardson out there. And I trust that Dan Mullen, if he's not putting Anthony Richardson out there, there's plenty of reasons for it. I think that Richard, you know, Mullen kind of alluded to it in the press conference where it's like, yeah, you're seeing all the great plays, but you're not seeing the stuff that he's missed. And I think that against Alabama, you know, you can get away with that kind of stuff against USF and FAU. You're not going to get away with missing reads and that kind of stuff against Alabama. So I don't expect Anthony Richardson to be starting or playing the majority of the game here. I think it's going to be the same situation with Emory Jones and Richardson. And I don't think it's going to matter because I don't think that this Florida offense is capable of scoring enough points to keep up with Alabama. And I do worry a little bit about Bryce Young starting on the road in an environment like this for the first time in his career. So I do worry that there's going to be a slow start. So I would maybe consider Florida in the first quarter or first half. But I think that once the game, once we get going for the full 60 minutes, Alabama, once it settles in, is just going to be able to move the ball down the field pretty consistently. And Florida's not going to be able to keep up. So I am taking Alabama minus 14.
1: I don't hate that, Tom. Um, I played Florida plus 14 and a half over the summer. And I, I thought Florida's offense would look better than it did, and obviously I I have to eat that. Lo- well, it can't. It's not a loss yet, but I I don't feel like that's that's a winner at this point. Um, but no play for me in this. It's. I think it's going to play out
3: with a slow Bryce Young start, and I think Alabama's going to cover. I think that there's just going to be that huge swing do Florida might even lead, let's say 17, 14, you know, midway through the second quarter? and then all of a sudden it's just gonna stop. And Alabama will slowly but surely tack on one touchdown after another. And when you look up at the end of the game and it's you know 42 to 24, you're gonna be like, oh, I guess Alabama won. I really thought Florida was competitive, but they just are so relentless. And once Bryce Young gets comfortable, then, yeah, I could totally see uh, Alabama being able to pull away for that cover.
4: I got to play. I'm attacking the total. I think I would – I mean, I think Tom's on the right side. I just – you know, you mentioned Bryce Young, first time, hostile environment. I think Florida's defense is better than they were last year. I'll be interested to see if their defensive line can get any pressure. But I have very little confidence in Florida's offense to do much, so I'm going to take the under. I think this will be one of those more – like thirty four to fourteen, like some one of the just like Bama kind of controls it. Second half starts to pull away, kind of just like that boa constrictor just sucks the life out of the game. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien's first SEC kind of quality opponent. I just think you'll see Saban get back to hey, let's get out of here. And again, I. I think Anthony Richardson's the guy for Florida. Bud was on that early. I think maybe some, some of it has to do with his hamstring. Some some, is, some of it has to do with the opponent. I think eventually he ends up starting, but right now with this offense from what we've seen and I know they put up a bunch of yards last week. South Florida is awful. I think this will be a lower scoring uh kind of typical, you know, two powerhouses going at it. So I'm going to take the under. What can I get? 60? 60. Perfect. I'll take the under.
3: Um AR 15 is going to have one long touchdown run that's going to (laughs) give, it's going to be like the catnip for Florida fans for the rest of the season because it'll be probably very well set up within the game plan and within the scheme because we're talking about Dan Mullen here and he will find like one thing that's going to work and then it won't work again, but it'll work to get Anthony Richardson the kind of touchdown uh, that will get those fans going. Okay. So far we've got, uh, all right, I need to get a, another one out here. Bud's got two. Danny's got three. Um, let's go to what's the best number that I can get on Georgia Southern against Arkansas? 24? 24,
1: um, 20, 24 and a half? Yeah, or I got 24s yeah. here. Yeah, there's a 24.
3: Okay. Um, so Georgia Southern's starting quarterback, the backup to Shy Works last year has been academically ineligible through the first two weeks of the season. His name is Justin Tomlin, and he prepared all fall camp like he was going to be the starter, has not been able to play. I think that has significantly impacted Georgia Southern's success on offense, and I think that uh, within that program, there is a a little bit of a spark and a little bit of excitement, not only being able to get an Arkansas team that is going to be a great test for the Eagles, but to know that, you know, you've got this player who might be your best offensive player and he hasn't even played yet. So with that change at quarterback, I think that you've got a chance to see a better Georgia Southern than what we've seen so far. And then hangover game for Arkansas. I mean, you just beat Texas. And also, I mean, ranked Arkansas. I feel like I pull this from like the Tom Fernelli playbook. When you see teams that aren't normally in the top 25, when they break in, When they first get that little number next to their name, something they're not not always used to, you're just like, ah. And again, we're talking about a huge number here. Arkansas can win this game and can remain in the top 25. I'm not expecting a big upset. I just could see Georgia Southern being able to have enough success offensively with Tomlin that they could be able to hang inside this number.
2: It's extremely disrespectful of the second best team in the SEC West.
3: Hey, listen. <laughs> I, I I stand by. I'm I'm a, a fade ranked Arkansas on this one.
2: You got that North Carolina top ten PTSD, huh?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always fade North Car top ten North Carolina. Like always fade the uh, you know, like number twenty three. Let's see who would pop up into the number twenty three spot and get bounced pretty quickly. In- Indiana. Indiana, you know. <laughs> much love to the cover 3 historian andrew we love you uh yeah so i'm i'm i be jumping on justin tomlin and uh, and i will be taking that georgia southern plus the points hey right where do we want to go
2: well i've already got 3 but i'll add a yep. fourth uh this one's another easy one to me this is this is a case of wrong place wrong time for tulsa i'm taking ohio state minus 24 and a half <laughs> Like, I just think that coming off of the loss last week, like Ohio State's offense has not been a problem. It got off to something of a slow start against Minnesota in the season opener. But ever since the second half of that game, like there has been the, if they, we talked about it on the show yesterday, that they're hitting all the, you know, they're hitting the home runs. They're not hitting the singles and doubles as much as you would like them to. But I think that coming off the loss, there's going to be kind of a, a refocus on this game because they now know that you know, we can't screw up anymore. We can't afford another loss. We need to win out. And not only do we need to win out, but we need to be impressive and, you know, en route. So any chance we get to run up a score on somebody, we need to take it. And I think defensively, I don't know what the situation will be with the defensive play calling this week. I don't know who's going to be calling the plays or what's going to be happening there in the future. But I do think that Tulsa is an offense that Ohio State doesn't have to get crazy against defensively to limit. I think that it's one of those cases where we've seen that defense plays well against teams where it just overpowers them with talent. And I think that this is another one of those cases coming into the weekend. So I'm not worried about it on the defensive side of the ball. And I also feel like the guys on that side of the ball probably feel a little challenged after not really playing well the first two weeks. So they might want to make a statement. I see this as being a game where Ohio State is going to take an early lead and will probably just continue to pile on as the game goes on, just just to get the exercise the demons.
1: I've got to play in this game. I'm going back to the get off the bus angle. Ohio State gets off the bus and drops a 50 burger. On Woo! Give me that over 42 and a half. And there's a little bit of a transfer portal angle in this. If you recruit as well as Ohio State does, there are certain games you got to get your backups in and you got to actually let them play, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian, Julian Fleming didn't sign with Ohio State to get in with five minutes left in the Tulsa game and run block. they got mouths to feed in that room if you want to keep everybody happy. I think Ohio State's going to try to keep scoring. Julian Fleming, only one catch this year, haven't even seen Harrison Jr. yet. There's, there's a lot of guys on that team who are going to be future pros, I, and I think Ryan Day is going to let them throw the ball. I also think we have a little bit of a, an underspot here or excuse me, an underrated spot here, not an underspot. That would be kind of bad if I'm going to bet the team total over, right? Right <laughs> in uh, a needle for sure. <laughs> you know, they this Ohio State team, they had 600 yards of offense, right? Mm-hmm. Like Normally that should be about 50 points, not what they scored. So people, I think, are looking at the, the, the actual points they scored as opposed to how well they moved the ball. And I, I think this is short. I I, I think they, they're, they're going to score 50, so total over 42 and a half. I don't care about the hook.
3: Let's go. 50 burger, says Bud Elliott. Um, let's see. Danny,
4: where do you want to go? I got a two-for-one special with you. There let's go. go. I'm going to go to the Notre Dame-Purdue game. Notre Dame is a tough team to figure out, right? Like, we're trying to see where they are. You know, as I was watching Toledo take them in the end, I'm like, maybe Florida State's not as good as I thought. And then sure enough... That's what unfolded. I know one thing. Their defense is not very good right now. They've given up 67 points in the first two games. That's the most ever uh, from a Notre Dame team through two games. Um, the overs in Notre Dame games are 2-0 and so far, so I'm going to take the over in this game. And I'm also – Jeff Brom is 16-5 and against the spread as a dog – He's 13 and two against the spread as an underdog of four points or more. This game currently sits at was it six and a half? I get you seven, seven and, and a half, half if you want Purdue. seven and a half. Yeah, I think I'll take that. I'll take Purdue. Give me the Boilermakers getting seven and a half, and I'll take the over. Brom likes to throw it around. They lost their uh their running back. He's out. David Bell, really good receiver. I think he could have a field day. So I think it's gonna be a higher scoring affair. Give me Purdue in the points and the over in the game.
3: Boiler up. This is a spot. I mean, could win. Like this is, you talk about trying to figure out Notre Dame. This is going to go probably, I mean, could go many different ways, but Notre Dame could come out here and just finally get things going offensively. Because Purdue's defense is very friendly. You know, Purdue's defense is more than happy to just, oh, do you want these five yards? Oh, do you want this third down conversion? Like, you you can go and get it. But you mentioned David Bell. And as I look at this game and I think about what Jeff Brom has done through the first two weeks where this Purdue team is taking care of business against lesser opponents in games it should win. There are a couple teams like this, like Auburn, you've taken care of business against in games you should win. Arizona State, you've taken care of business in games you should win. This is our first opportunity to see you really tested when you're making a selection with these teams, you have to decide whether the lack of being tested is something that concerns you or whether you think that they have just been gearing up for this game uh, as the one that they have circled. I think in the case of Purdue, that is what we have. They've got to see some blood in the water with the way that Notre Dame has played and with sort of a a little bit of an identity crisis that's uh, going on with this fighting Irish team. So I love Purdue here. I uh, like... Andy just mentioned in the chat, Purdue could win or get both boat raced by 20 plus. I could see both of these situations, but I love it uh, for college football reasons. It just seems like we could see David Bell with 14 catches, 168 yards and two touchdowns as, uh, as Purdue ends up nabbing uh, the in-state rivalry.
2: We are on different sides, but I'm not locking anything up. So I wish you both luck.
4: On both the total too?
1: No, on the spread on the total. I don't really have a great feel. I was yeah. gonna bet per. I was gonna bet Purdue, but Purdue's running back broke his leg and is gonna miss forty eight weeks. So I'm a little that, that just scared me off. Like I'm not in a rush to bet the Irish here.
3: I, you've you've got a, a sharp like the player updates, player availability, player injuries from just my observation seems to be a a major part of your decision making when it comes down to firing on some of these picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, look to me. It, this is an uh, an underutilized area in the college game, whereas in the NFL, the injury updates are huge, right? Everybody pays attention to them. They almost overanalyze them. In college, I feel like uh, that's a market inefficiency. You I'll give you... Them, uh, you
4: grind it out. I saw that. I have this note for you. If it makes Chip, I'll give it make it feel a little bit better. So Xander Horvath, he's the one who they lost. They replaced him with King Doru. But Brahm... Doesn't really – like he's called the third fewest rush plays per game in 2020 of all FBS coaches. So I think like the run game, yeah, it's important. But, again, by position, you plug in somebody else and they're going to be airing it out against the Notre Dame defense. Not very good. They're not, That might be what gets their run game right, though. I don't think it matters. Notre Dame's given up 198 yards a game on the ground. So it might not matter who the running back is. It, played Cincinnati?
1: What's that? Uh, has, has Purdue played Cincinnati before? trying to think if, if Brom has faced Freeman, it's kind of an interesting schematic mm-hmm. matchup there.
3: I think so.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm the show. Sorry.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, uh, I've, I've got sort of a coordinated play here. Um, it is taking two teams that played against each other, and I'm just going to continue to ride with the way that the game finished for both of these teams. So I think I can get through them pretty quickly. Uh, number one... Toledo minus 14 hosting Colorado State. Colorado State just had its cookies taken by our beloved Vanderbilt Commodores. And I will continue to end up being like lower on the Rams than what seems to be a lot of the industry or market average. And I think that that will continue to be profitable, especially against a Toledo team that is one of the best teams in the MAC. So as Toledo is you know gearing up and trying to get everything rocking and rolling before conference play takes off and they make a run at that Mac title, I think that this Colorado State team traveling into town after the what could be a deflating loss is an opportunity for us to get the Rockets uh, to cover this 14 in the Glass Bowl. and also, I will continue to ride the momentum of the Vanderbilt Commodores We have found something special. You go on these long road trips. You've got the, the flight. It's a lot of team bonding, a lot of get-to-know-you. And when it's associated with a win, the way that they pulled it off against Colorado State, I think that Vanderbilt comes back with some confidence, a lot of good energy, and, oh, boy, what a hangover spot for Stanford, which might have played above its head against USC and could be looking past this Vanderbilt team, more than double digits. Let's go doors under the lights in Nash Vegas. Vanderbilt
1: as well. Lock agreement Ooh. Yeah. on Toledo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, lock fight.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> Going
4: back to the well.
1: I, I think Tanner McKee uh, is a major upgrade for Stanford uh, o- o- over, over Jackson West. Um and I, I just think he's a much better quarterback. Stanford to me, like look, clearly there's a hangover spot. Um, but there's also a hangover spot here potentially for for Vanderbilt. They got to win after getting blitzed by by a kind of a not very good FCS team last week. So I'm gonna go ahead and ride Tanner McKee. I, I think he's a substantial upgrade at the quarterback position here for Stanford.
4: Wait, do we just did you just say that Vanderbilt could have a hangover like from celebrating a win too much? They don't get like do they sure. get to yeah, do like that? If Stanford
1: could have a hangover for beating USC, can't Vanderbilt have a hangover for getting any win? Like after the first week, they'd look yeah. like they wouldn't win a game.
4: Yeah, I guess I just don't picture that squad like resting on their laurels. You no, know, <laughs> we
1: could we
2: could middle this this lock fight here. Cuz I I'm, <laughs> I'm finding Vandy plus 12 and a half and I found a Stanford minus 11 and a half. So if we can get like a 12-point game here,
3: you both win. Stanford had USC, which it won, and it will be hosting UCLA next week. And all it needs to do is get in and out of Nashville with a win. They might not get that, but they won't get the cover. Give me the doors. Lego.
2: What's funny is we're talking about both teams having a hangover effect where usually it's you don't get out of Nashville with a hangover.
3: 100% true. Coming up on the other side, more of our week three locks
0: next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: I got to tell you, the, the right outfit can bring out something special. And with Indochino, creating your best look could be much more affordable than you even realize. I mean, it may have been a while since you've uh, had the excuse to dress up, but those opportunities could be ahead in the coming weeks and the coming months. And so whatever that chance is, make sure that you make the most of it. And You don't always have a lot of time to be able to go out and to be shopping, to be trying to pull things off the rack. You don't always want to wait for someone to personalize or a tailor to fit you, but what if you could take that entire experience and you could do it all from the comfort of your home? Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single detail. I've been through the process. It is every little inch of your body. Do you have a body that doesn't fit right off the rack? Indochino is absolutely perfect with their customization process. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $399 with all customizations included in the price. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more great ways to get great fitting, personalized clothing. To find the nearest location, go to Indochino.com. And right now, if you want to do that experience at home, you can get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using the code COVER3 at checkout. Again, that is $50 off any purchase of three ninety nine dollars or more at Indochino.com and use the promo code COVER3 at checkout. That is I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, Indochino.com. When you get through checkout, use the code COVER3 for $50 off any purchase of three ninety nine dollars or more. All right, let's call up the locks DOC so bud is out with troy minus nine and a half auburn team total under 24 ohio state team total over 42 and a half toledo minus 14 stanford minus 11 and a half danny we got a two for one special on purdue plus seven and a half notre dame purdue over also on the under for Florida, Bama. the over for auburn penn state in miami minus six and a half I've got George Southern, the under in Auburn, Penn State, Purdue plus seven and a half, Toledo minus 14, Vandy plus 12 and a half. Tom's got Michigan State plus six and a half, and then Penn State minus four and a half, Alabama minus 14, and Ohio State minus 24 and a half. Man, you are you're getting all the traffic. Tom's, Tom's card is getting all of the traffic. Chartbeat is going nuts with, uh, with this, uh, this group right here.
1: Oh, Chartbeat.
3: throwback for you right there
1: uh yeah yeah i was in a contract negotiation when uh, when i broke the Jameis crab leg stuff and uh, we had we had to renew our chart beat thing and up the uh, capacity of chart beat like three times and i was sitting in our new york offices with my boss's destination it was it was just tremendous uh timing oh oh oh,
3: i'm sorry did i did i break your traffic (laughs) let's talk more about this contract Mm -hmm. um okay I've uh I've got one, two, three. I've got like I think three or four left.
2: I've got a lot more than that left.
1: Well then let's <laughs> I think let's Tom's gonna have more than me this week.
2: I don't know. I've got some that are just kind of hanging by a thread. We'll see how I'm feeling. I'm I'm gonna start with a game that, you know, maybe it's not a chart beat game, maybe it is not one of the bigger headline games, but in this household and in my power ratings, this is this is a showdown game because these are two teams that have been kind of defying what my numbers say and I feel like this is their last chance to either prove me wrong or prove me right. I am taking Minnesota plus three at Colorado. I don't think Colorado deserves to be three points better than Minnesota, but Colorado has overperformed my numbers. I don't think Minnesota deserves to be three points worse than Colorado, but Minnesota has underperformed my numbers. So I'm taking this. is This isn't really even about an actual bet as much as it's about taking a stand it's about a principle. One of these teams is going to prove something to me on Saturday. I'm going to trust my numbers for now and take Minnesota plus three.
3: What a fun game. Like when, whenever you catch these teams that could occupy the same kind of space in their division, probably going to overreact to what it means for the conferences. You know, when we tally up all these non-conference records here in the next two or three weeks. But um, I, I love this game. I have no play, no confidence whatsoever on either side.
2: All right. Well, should I reel off another one? Yes. All right, fine. This one is mostly, it's a sad lock, but it is a lock nonetheless because we all know how high I was on the Kansas State team total over before the season began with the wins. And that kind of went out the window in my mind as soon as Skylar Thompson went down with an injury. And now the Wildcats will be at home this week with Will Howard, who... As we saw last season, I hope I hope he's improved because it'd be good for my win total bet. It'd be good for Kansas State. It'd be, it'd be good for college football. But th- there was a drastic drop-off between Skylar Thompson and Will Howard. And until I see Howard has really improved, I'm not going to expect it to happen. And Nevada's coming to town to Manhattan with Carson Strong, who might be the first quarterback taken in the draft next spring. Or if not, he's going to be an early-round pick. So there's just a huge disparity between the two quarterbacks on these teams. And in these, this is one of those instances where I'm going to back the quarterback. This is a Nevada team that has a strong quarterback and they take advantage of it. If you look at their passing rates compared to their run rates, Nevada's not really interested in running the ball because they've realized they don't have to. And I, I think they're going to be able to move the ball pretty well against this Kansas State defense. I don't think they're going to go up and down the field on them because I do think Kansas State's defense is still pretty solid. But I like the Wolfpack going on the road to get me a win. So give me Nevada minus one and a half.
3: Oh,
1: I love it. All right. I've got one here. Give me Duke plus three.
3: Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) Nice.
1: That is an ugly game. Yes. Uh, However, Northwestern played Indiana State last weekend. They won, what, 24 to six, I think. Yeah, something stupid. The six is solid. The 24 is concerning. Indiana State had nine tackles for loss against this Northwestern offensive line. Uh, that is a continuation of what we saw from the Northwestern offensive line in that opening week when a Michigan State defensive front that I don't think is all that good uh, consistently harassed the Northwestern quarterback, and I just don't think that Northwestern should be laying points on the road here. So go ahead and give me Duke plus the three. And if you're a live show guy, I think it's going to get bet down. So congrats on watching us live if you want to join me on this, because if you wait till this comes out on the pod, maybe be gone.
3: Is it? You think it's about to move?
1: Yeah, it's kind of turning that way. Yeah.
3: Okay, I am. I am not going to coattail you for the purposes of this uh, competition, which we are competing against each other. But I will say that that's note taken here because I was I was listening uh, in the car and you know sports radio on the way to drop off and they're like you can get in to Duke and Northwestern for $11. Like I was just going back and realizing that the demand for this power five, power five matchup is, is not, it's not high right now. And I was curious to see what the environment was going to be and Duke catching points in a game that they can win that will look better and good. Maybe than the quality of the competition, like for Duke to be able to say we beat Northwestern. I like that motivational angle. So uh, yeah, I'm, I support that 100.
4: Um, so I got a, I got a on. lock that I got a I got a standing lock until it gets beaten that I'm just gonna have so we can just go through this one quick. Give me whoever's playing UConn this week. It's Army. Army's laying 34. Army. Ha- so I think this is one of the reasons why I like it. UConn wants no part of football this year. You think they're gonna want a part of the triple option where those offensive linemen are firing out at their ankles? They're gonna want no part of it. The other thing that I have too is the way – like last week got the backdoor cover with Western Kentucky. Army was running through them, kind of let them back in. I think the Army staff can go over and, hey, don't let this team back in. I'm telling you, I'm going to fade UConn all year long. I don't think they want to play. I don't think they want to show up. They've been outscored against FBS opponents 94-0. to They have not scored a touchdown against an FBS opponent. Their only points came in the loss to Holy Cross – I don't think they're going to score against Army either. I think Army's going to run up and down the field against them. Give me Army laying 34.
3: CBS Sports Network star Danny Cannell has a firm fade UConn play. And if I could get you... Oh, I should have taken that back. If, <laughs> I, if I can get you to explain this theory, please, at the desk, uh, it would make me happy. I'll catch it on Inside College Football or, uh, there you go. or some one of the fine
4: pieces of programming on The Mothership. Uh, the strict Sports no gambling, gambling policy. <laughs> no, no lines mentioned on air. Just on the Cover 3 pod. Danny,
3: what do you think? I, I think it's Army's going to win. Specifically yeah. by thirty-four points or more. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have—I uh, don't know if you guys have checked up on, you know, the weather in Laramie. But it's gonna be windy in Laramie. Fifteen to twenty-five mile an hour winds as Ball State visits Wyoming, a Ball State team. That might be a little sluggish coming off the Penn State game in Happy Valley, traveling all the way out to Wyoming, and a a Wyoming team that you know, as we know, seems to just enjoy taking care of business in a way that works with our uh, our windy unders in Laramie. My uh, my guy Andrew texted me on Monday the weather report for Laramie. He said he's he already fired on it. And he added this note where he said, this is a fernelli Bud stat if I've ever heard one. De- the winds of 15 to 20 mile an hour or greater decrease pass efficiency by approximately 0.5 yards per attempt. So as Drew Plitt, the Ball State quarterback, tries to get in there and tries to move the ball, well, we're going to have these wonderful, wonderful Wyoming winds. And on top of all that, when we're looking for our checkbox of windy Laramie-Unders, we gotta look at the kickoff time. It's gonna be an afternoon kickoff. The sun is gonna be in the sky. And Tom, what does the sun do? The
2: sun powers the wind.
3: The sun powers the wind. Okay. Sun powers the wind. Daytime, 15 to 25 mile an hour winds. A ball state team that might be in hangover spot under in Wyoming and Ball State.
2: You know my philosophy. I can't agree with you because it's gonna be a little warm. I don't like I don't like wonders when it's warm out. It's better when it's cold, but those are pretty strong winds, and it is Laramie, so you've got that going for you, and I support you.
1: But not doing it. Okay, I I, I thought about it, but like Wyoming did give up a whole heck of a lot of points last weekend to to Niu, and Ball State can pitch it around. So if this maybe dips to like twelve mile hour winds, we I'm I'm not going to do it. Fifteen to twenty five, gusty. A little, that's going to be next level. Though. <laughs> what if you could ISO when it's going to be gustiest and you figure out it'd be much more gusty in the first <laughs> half and then, you, then you're betting first half under chip. Actually
3: we have, we have looked at some of the later afternoon kickoffs because the wind does calm down once the sun sets. And so you've got to just jump on the first half under because then you're going to really lose your edge after halftime. Smart.
2: Some of this science might not be confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go next. I'm going to take an over. I haven't taken a total yet today, so I might as well take an over because that's what I normally do. I, I am taking Mississippi State's team total over 33 and a half. Like, they're playing Memphis. I don't know if you guys saw Memphis's game last week against Arkansas State. It was a defensive slugfest. The final score was Memphis 55 Arkansas State 50 but more than anything it's not just that the Tigers gave up 680 yards in the game and nearly seven yards per play it's that of the yardage they allowed they only allowed 98 yards rushing they allowed 582 yards in the air and we have talked about it with Mike Leach in that offense they look for You know mismatches they can exploit. They look for the weakness on the other team and then they just go to that well over and over again and they've had difficulty finding that at times against SEC opponents but I think in this matchup against a Memphis defense that has been weak against the pass they're not going to have nearly the same level of difficulty finding those matches, mismatches to exploit. I think it's going to be a good day for the Bulldogs offense. So Mississippi State over 33 and a half points.
3: Dig it. I haven't really gotten my arms around Memphis yet. And the Arkansas State game was so bananas that I'm not quite, other than what you're saying, which is you point to the defense and say, well, Memphis it's defense. Bad. Yeah, Memphis defense <laughs> still is Memphis defense. But uh, but I'm excited because I think that's going to be a fun game. Any other plays on uh, that little rivalry in Memphis-Mississippi
4: State? Is that a rivalry? I feel like the Ole Miss-Memphis is more of a rivalry. Probably more,
3: Man. but I was just you know, yeah. since Same Memphis
1: location,
3: yeah. yeah Memphis might as well be in Mississippi. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, so, Uh. yeah. But what did you guys use for home field advantage here? See, that's the thing. Like I, I normally I don't, use I, don't, I don't have one. Yeah. But like Mississippi State will travel well.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, because when you when you see some Memphis home games like during the season, there's usually there's some empty seats to Liberty Bowl. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a situation where Mississippi State fans outnumber Memphis fans. Mm. It's um, a huge fan base. Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> alumni-wise, there's just, you know, they outnumber Memphis.
3: But you mentioned uh, Northern Illinois as a, a team that you feel like you have, uh, have adjusted on. They're going to be traveling to Michigan. Do you have any – are you touching that at all?
1: If that touches 28 – um I will probably go ahead and touch that one. The other other thing is I I bet the under 55 here earlier, but it's already dropped a point or point and a half at some places. So I'm not not touching that now. That's kind of the last number I, I wanted to take under in that. I I really feel like I'm going to end up on Memphis, but I just I, I want to see if this will go to four. I have to play I'm for that game. Up. You do? Did you have to play yeah. for
3: Michigan, Northern Illinois?
1: Yeah, I'm going over.
3: Michigan over. home overs.
2: It's somewhat, yeah, I just, we we talked about this a little too yesterday, Chip. It's Michigan, when it has the chance to put on a show, it usually does. Against teams that it kind of overmatches, they don't really take their foot off the gas. They put up 40 to 50 points on them. And, you know, I, I think this is a case where Michigan could get into the mid to upper 40s. I think Northern Illinois will have some points maybe late in the game in the second half. And I just, it is kind of, as you mentioned, like Michigan at home, there is a trend when they are at home. They score a lot of points. They like to put on a show for the fans, make everybody feel good because hopefully that helps alleviate the loss to Ohio state later in the season. It usually doesn't, but it makes you, it gives you the dopamine hit in September and October. So I am taking the over 54 in Michigan, Northern Illinois.
3: I, uh, I've, I'm going to take us to probably one of my outside of Georgia Southern. This might be my most reckless pick. (laughs) I'm going to lay these points with Arizona state at BYU. You know, you start doing the digging around the old, uh, what's it? The Deseret news. Is that how you pronounce Deseret, it?
2: I, I've always said Deseret, Deseret, but I don't right.
3: know. Uh, you, you know, the, all the local media, which does a really good job. And in, in Provo, Utah, BYU football is going to get covered like an NFL team. You can get a lot of quotes, comments, and insight from some of the players and the coaches. And Kalani Sataki himself came out and was like, that win meant a lot. First win against Utah since 2009. You know, fans storming the field. Kalani Satak, great, awesome, like scene of him, you know, charging up and down the sidelines, celebrating it. So they seemed like they had a hard time turning the page to get into the next week. This is your third straight Pac-12 opponent, and again, back to one of my points earlier, where BYU is more battle tested. They are two and O. They have um, got shaken off a sluggish start against Arizona they have uh, done a good job being able to get the win against a good Utah team. Now here comes an Arizona State team that all it's done is like basically what's expected. They have not really been challenged along the way because whether you're, you know, you're winning these games by an average of like 42 to 14, just routine rhythm. And I think that Arizona State might've just been looking at those first two weeks as preseason and looked at BYU on the road as a, this is a really important game for us. So does BYU have enough gas left in the tank for an Arizona team, Arizona State team that I think will be fresher? Then when it comes down to it, we've got a small spread. Jaden Daniels is simply one of the best like fourth quarter quarterbacks in college football right now. His like pass efficiency, his touchdowns and to turnovers in the fourth quarter among active FBS quarterbacks are some of the best uh, since he took over as the starter back in 2019 as a true freshman. So... Again, I I think it is among my more reckless because I've looked at a BYU team that seems to uh, have two Pac-12 wins on its on its resume against Arizona State that hasn't really been tested yet, and it's in Provo. I mean, this BYU fan base they traveled to Las Vegas for the Arizona game in a big way. They made tons of noise, and I think that they're going to be rowdy again. But over the course of 60 minutes, and once it gets down into crunch time, Jaden Daniels greater than Jaron Hall, though I think Hall has been pretty good so far, and uh, I'll take the Sun Devils, lay in the short number.
1: If this gets back down to three, I will be joining you in the group chat. Uh, but I, I, I can't lay over the field goal. Uh, but I, I think you're on the right side here.
2: I just have a hard time trusting Arizona State as a favorite.
3: Is the running back going to be back for them? Don't know. Train them. Don't know. I mean, the to me, Arizona State, and to go like deeper, I think Arizona State wins because on the back half of their defense, they're great. They're old. They're experienced. They've been playing together for a really long time. They do a good job. I know we all hate turnover luck here, but they do a good job of forcing turnovers and being able to set Jane Daniels up in good situations. I think they're uh, pretty good at being able to get pressure on the quarterback when they do decide to send extra rushers. They do a good job of getting home. Again, offensively, I don't think that Arizona State is overwhelming. They just have one of the most dynamic playmakers at the quarterback position. So, uh, yeah, that's this is my bet that Arizona State is going to be able to show up and and after flying kind of below the radar with USC being a headline in the Pac-12 South for the wrong reasons, UCLA being a headline for the right reasons, kind of an introduce themselves to uh, the national scene as a real contender there.
4: I got one out West, since you're out West. A little Pac-12 after dark action. Uh, Fresno State has been a thorn in the Pac-12 side. Jay Kaner, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. They're playing against UCLA, who we still haven't seen since the impressive win against LSU. I'll give you some stats. Fresno State, they are an FBS best, 38-20-2 against the spread, 66%. Uh, rate since the start of 2016 Uh, since the start of 2017 they're 13 and 3 and 1 against the spread as an underdog and then how about 5 and 0 against the spread versus pac 12 opponents since 2017 give me fresno state catching 11 and a half against ucla there's a team, too. We saw them go. Like, they came back a little bit later, but they still played Oregon pretty tough in that game uh, when they covered that one for me, too. I don't
1: hate it at all.
4: I know.
3: How much how much agreement and how many fights do we have right now?
1: Because I agree I, with Danny on this. I'm I'm take lock Grinnell. All right. I already better at 11, so 11 and a half is even better for me. If you guys find a 24 for the team total for Fresno, I think that's even better, to be honest. But I, I don't see one right now. So, you know.
3: Fresno. Um
2: I have two plays left. I've paired the list down a little bit.
3: I th- I think it, I think I'm the same. Um yeah, we've got a couple. That's it.
1: Virginia. Well, I thought you were gonna be like like serious, serious volume today. I was,
2: but I've kind of pared some down as we've gone along. Just, you know, I'm trying to discipline Danny over <laughs> here.
4: The influence.
3: Uh it. Virginia, plus the points at North Carolina, I think that uh there is uh, you know everything about the um the way that these two teams are power rated, you know lines probably right, but man, there is something about Bronco that he has decided that North Carolina is the team like he he pushes the right buttons to get Virginia ready from for North Carolina. He's decided that that's the team that we're going against. Guys, some of the quotes coming out of Virginia this week, This tell me what you think that this says. He says, uh, this is not from Bronco Mendenhall, but the paraphrasing the quote, he said, as long as we go in there and we play our culture, then we'll be fine and we'll win the game because their culture isn't like our culture. And this is Virginia saying this. <laughs> They are saying that that light blue is soft. They are saying that this North Carolina team doesn't want to fight. They put on that Virginia Tech film and they said, "Oh, we are good. We are golden." And there's something about this, you know, like Bronco Mendenhall, like culture mentality. They're shattering stones in the locker room with a sledgehammer. Like Virginia really wants to go and turn this game into an absolute fist fight. They want to take this North Carolina defense and they want to get their eyes moving in the wrong direction as we kind of roll out this offense that has a lot of different formations and, and a lot of different window dressing. You could have, you know, Keaton Thompson or Brennan Armstrong as the, the primary playmaker at any time and they're on the field at the same time. I think North Carolina ultimately does have the Sam Howell that can lead them to a win. But catching this at more than a touchdown, given the series history, uh, my guy Joe Giglio said there's a lot of Tom O'Brien to Bronco Mendenhall in the way that he has just decided in his own brain that it's like this, we're going to beat North Carolina. This is what matters. And uh, I think that at more than a touchdown, that's some value on the visiting Wahoos.
2: I mean, it, it would be a huge win simply from the fact that you'd be handing North Carolina its second conference loss already, which would be, I mean, you get the tiebreaker on them, obviously, with yourself, but going forward, you could kind of be like knocking the Tar Heels out of the race.
1: I yeah. have a play on this game, and it's similar to Chip. Give me that under 67. Yeah. I think playing our culture means not getting into the tempo race. This is an interesting, like, you know, clash of styles. I also think that North Carolina here uh I think their corners are much better than Illinois corners. Tom, I don't, I don't know what you think about Illinois corners, but like they They're got moss. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got mossed by, by by UVA last week. I think I think UNC's corners are, are pretty legit and I, I think they could limit some explosive plays that way. I also think that UVA or that that you know UEA will probably not allow a ton of explosive plays to North Carolina that has traditionally been Broncos thing, with the exception of last year when they had all the COVID stuff going on and the injuries. So I, I, Tom, I think, or Chip, I think we both will get to the window here. Give me the under 67. Yeah, the, I
3: also like sometimes after you have, the year after you have a shootout in a division rivalry, I almost think it's unlikely that you're going to have it again. I think it was 44-41 Virginia win, something around there last year. Okay, I've got one left before we get to Moneyline Sprinkles.
2: I got two. I have, I
4: have two.
3: Okay. Daniel. Bud, or Danny. Yeah. How many you got left?
4: I got one or two. Go ahead. I'll see what you guys have. Right. <laughs> Trying to use some discipline. All right, bud, you can go first.
1: Going down to the bayou. LSU under team total 40 and a half. This offense is not right. Missouri put up 34 against the Central Michigan team. I don't think CMU is all that great. LSU has a I don't want to call it a huge look ahead spot, but uh their quarterback depth right now is sketchy right, with uh, with Brennan being out. I don't think they're going to leave Max Johnson in there to try to chuck the ball around all game. And LSU can't run the ball worth the damn right now. So I don't think they're going to be scoring a whole lot of points late. And Central Michigan's defense is sort of in the bad but not terrible category for me. So go ahead and give me LSU team total under 40 and a half. Fade the Tigers. Like how many people watch McNeese State? 4.7 yards of play against McNeese State last <laughs> week. That offense ain't good. No, I if really they played their opponents in a different schedule. Orgeron would have just as much heat on him as Clay Hilton did. They just got lucky they had an FCS team come in.
3: I wanted Central Michigan, but I couldn't tuck myself into it. And that was on some it would be hilarious principle.
2: You know, Chip, it's not just going to be windy in Laramie this week. We've got some crosswind action in Fort Collins, Colorado, where the Air Force Falcons will be hosting Utah State at Falcon Stadium.
3: Yes, yes, yes.
2: So I am taking the under 54 and a half in Utah State Air Force. I mean, it's not just the weather. It's also the fact that Air Force, you know, bleeds a lot of clock. I think Utah State's been somewhat conservative to start season two offensively. I mean, they've got a high pace, but they're not, they haven't been explosive from what I've seen. And I think that this is going to be, you know, kind of a lower scoring affair than the total suggests. So give it to me.
3: I kind of like Utah State. I'm not putting it as a lock here, but Utah State plus a big number uh, and the under, those would be two things that would be in, in agreement, so uh, I like that. Um, okay, Marshall minus, do it, can I still get a 10, or do I have to go 10 and a half? Oh, I think 10
2: and a half. Hold on, let me check.
3: Sorry. I don't know how much of... Can I get uh, you 10? Oh, let's go. I don't know how much of South Carolina ECU y'all watched, but like ECU caught every break. Like every potentially controversial call went ECU's way and against South Carolina, um, you know the, the the all the bounces went ECU's way. Everything was set up for ECU to be able to notch SEC home win, and yet they could not get the job done. And now you're facing a very good Marshall team. Like simply put, like the Marshall defense is great. Grant Wells is very good. I think that this is a very good football team that is getting keyed up at the right time, and it is going to be tough after the App State game in Charlotte, after letting the South Carolina game get away, you know, field goal overtime loss, and to also now be facing this tuned up, like fully, like good engine that is ready to go, I kind of think Marshall ends up winning big. So I will lay the 10 points uh, with the Herd. This might be a 14 to like 21 point game.
2: I, yeah, I, got, I I was considering ECU, but I just couldn't do it. Like, again, that's another one of the situations, like kind of similar to my Minnesota, Colorado, where my numbers keep telling me ECU is better than it is. But at some point it's like, okay, th- th- I got to reconsider where I have them ranked.
4: I got to go somewhere. We're ignoring the elephant in the room. There's a a program I made a lot of money on last year. It's been a little bit of a rocky start this year. We have our cover three historian. This is going to be me placing this on behalf of him, our Indiana fan. No one, and I mean no one, is giving the Hoosiers a chance against Cincinnati. No one. Four-point home dog. I'm hoping what Tom Allen's going to do, go back to the run game a little bit. Right, they lost their running back last year. They've been getting a little bit more ground based this year. I think the Iowa game was skewed because of all the interceptions that Michael Penix threw. So, Michael Penix very limited last week, guaranteed an easier opponent. I think they could kind of muck this game up, keep it a little bit ugly, closer. Cincinnati, is there a possibility they're looking ahead to Notre Dame after this game? Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm going back to my well. I need to get a little bit of a confidence booster. Give me the Hoosiers catching four at home as the home dog.
2: I'm not locking it up, but like, this is the game where Indiana's supposed to cover. like this this is typically historically where the Hoosiers cover and surprise people. like when they're when they're ranked and people have expectations <laughs> for them, I want absolutely nothing to do with the Hoosiers. But after they've been kind of written off, and, like you said, they're a home dog to a Cincinnati team. Who again might be the best team in the group of five, but they're still a road favorite against a, you know, decent Big Ten opponent. Yeah, I'm not locking it up with you, but this is like the kind of moment where Indiana would cover.
3: You said elephant in the room. I thought we were going to talk about the Knowles. <laughs> oh, like, so we don't have that, it. That elephant's dead, Chip. It's just <laughs> <over>. <laughs> we are in the 69th minute of this very nice podcast, and I have not heard nary a word about Florida State and Wake Forest. Can we at least get some expectations from uh the tally boys?
4: I got nothing. I'm I'm I I'm am i am in a dark place right now. I I still like Mike Norvell. I still like the direction this program is headed. I think sometimes you just gotta flush some things out. I think that's what's happening right now. Um, I mean, that you could I mean we talked a lot about the game against Jacksonville State. I have no idea what we're gonna get against Wake. I mean, I I do wonder. There's sort of this still weeding out process, guys from previous regimes contaminating the guys that are buying in. Not that dialed into the ground of what's happening in the locker room.
1: Yeah. If you look at but. the first half suspension or the, the first couple series suspensions, you can kind of tell who, who hasn't been buying in mm-hmm. last week. Um, so I'm going to live bet this game once I see who's in the lineup. They have some offensive line injuries you need to watch out for. I want to see how they're playing this defensively. Kalen Deloche, their best coverage linebacker, suspended Mm -hmm. for the first half. So that might suggest go first half over. However, I actually think first half under 31 and a half. If you really want to bet something in this game, that's what I would bet. Wake tempo this year has not been quite what it's been. Their offense has not actually been very good on on like an efficiency basis. They've scored some points. They've played Old Dominion, and Chip was the other team that played. It was an FCS squad. Um, See, I... I I under thirty one half would be worth a look.
3: I've got Wake on th- so that same list as you know one of my running teams through the week. I just I don't have a lot of data that I feel like I know what Wake Forest is. I'm excited to see Wake Forest in this spot because the ACC's Atlantic Division, uh, while it has Clemson, is weaker than the Coastal. And as we see NC State fall back to the pack and as Boston College has uh, an injury to Phil Djurkovic and Louisville, I guess we'll see against UCF, whether it's going to get up off the mat and throw any kind of haymakers, but like Florida State could be in real trouble and still be the third best team in the division. And a lot of that kind of depends on what we see out of Wake Forest, because I just haven't seen a game or a performance yet uh, that I would consider worthy of like um, changing my expectations I've I ran I, I did try to do some auditing uh, of my numbers this week and I created uh, a stat that I called a limb value aka how much I'm out on a limb for this team and like wake is my number one limb value I am just all the way in on the Deeks, even though nothing says that you should be as high on them as I am right now and so I'm be I will be putting that to the test and uh, potentially adjusting if uh, if this thing goes. If Florida State's way line opened at six I'm looking at four and a half so clearly the uh the visitors from uh from Tallahassee are getting attention from someone
1: if I would say uh if I'm gonna bet Wake Forest in this game I'm not laying five and a half I'm laying like ten and a half I want plus 200 I think there's a blowout factor here I think there's a quit factor in this FSU team I also think if they get down they are not equipped to throw the football from behind you know like I I I want the added value and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and give up the points for it if, if I, if I want to bet way here. Um, all right. I'm tapped out. Till money. I'm on. One more for me, I think. The other one I'm probably going to pass on. So, Utah last weekend, pretty brutal loss to BYU, right? Yeah. However, they were very much in that game and they had a couple things go against their way and then it kind of snowballed a little bit. I don't think Utah is a bad football team. I don't think San Diego State is anywhere near as good as they showed last week. And San Diego State's quarterback, limited in practice this week. I'm going to go ahead and lay over a touchdown on the road with Utah. Give me that Utah, what can I get, seven and a half, eight? I can get you eight. That's fine. I'll go ahead and lay the eight with Utah. Uh, I think they'll run the football effectively on San Diego State, and I don't think San Diego State will be multidimensional enough uh, to go ahead and keep this in single digits. I will be live blogging Auburn and Penn State while this game
2: goes on, so I'm not really going to be able to focus on it, which disappoints me because Utah and San Diego State have long been two of my late night save the day plays. I have one play left. It's another under. It's another wonder. It's going to be breezy on the blue turf on oh. Saturday night. I'm taking, and plus we've talked about it earlier this week, like. Spencer Sanders, I feel like as a podcast, we are all out on. We are out on this Oklahoma State offense. The Boise State offense hasn't been particularly amazing to me from anything I've seen of it so far this season. So I'm taking the Boise Oak State under 57
3: and a half. Love it. Boise, Idaho, another spot. Okay. um, All all done. Ready to move to money lines? We
1: have the Uh, pick, I think. oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah let the dentist. Oh, we do have a dentist pick. Excuse me. All right. I was talking to him about uh, correlated parlays earlier. Let me pull up. <laughs> um, It's a nice weekend for those. So here's his write-up. Uh, let's get back to the Rebels. I expect Old Miss to get plenty of points this weekend versus Tulane. The Rebels are averaging 48.5 per game this year. So for the total, this will likely depend on Tulane's ability to score on Old Miss. If Old Miss scores 45, then I need Tulane to get 32 to get up to the total of 76.5. They were able to put up 35 in Oklahoma in their season opener, but I think they caught Oklahoma not taking them seriously, and they're a pretty good team. Old Miss will take note of Tulane playing Oklahoma close and be better prepared, so I think this number is too high. If the game is a shootout, then I'll be wrong, obviously, uh, but I think that the opening line of 72 was a better line uh, if you wanted the over. Plus, I know Kiffin is trying not to show Sabin everything he has before they play next Saturday. Give me the under 76 and a 76.5 uh, tooth emoji, lock emoji.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm glad that uh, the dentist is all the way in on uh, on his involvement, and that he continues to uh, to be supportive of uh, the Cover Three podcast. Hopefully, he is taking Vanderbilt Health Insurance so that he can continue to be Barton's dentist and uh, and also continue to pass on any insight uh, from that process. Okay, if you're watching on YouTube.com/slash Cover Three, we're going to go to the board, Tom. Is the Tom and Bud leading the way right now? Tom's got Michigan State plus six and a half. Penn State minus four and a half. Alabama minus 14. Ohio State minus 24 and a half. Minnesota plus three. Nevada minus one and a half. The Mississippi State team total over 33 and a half. Michigan Northern Illinois over 54. The Air Force Utah State under 54 and a half. The Boise State Oklahoma State under 57 and a half. Chip's got Georgia Southern plus 24, the under 53 in Auburn Penn State, Purdue plus seven and a half, Toledo minus 14, Vanderbilt plus 12 and a half. the Wyoming Ball State under 54, Arizona State minus four, Virginia plus eight, Marshall minus 10. Danny's got Miami minus six and a half, the Auburn Penn State over 52 and a half. Purdue plus seven and a half, Notre Dame Purdue over 58, Florida, Bama, under 60 army minus 33 and a half fresno state plus 11 and a half indiana plus four bud has troy minus nine and a half the auburn team total under 24 the ohio state team total over 42 and a half toledo minus 14 stanford minus 11 and a half duke plus three fresno state plus 11 and a half the north carolina virginia under 67 the lsu team total over 40 and a half and utah minus eight Time to take it to the sprinkles where our records are Tom at four and one up 5.65 units chip at four and three up 3.05 units bud two and one up 2.2 units Danny three and two up 1.6 units above. We are making money on these money line sprinkles. Uh, so Tom uh, you caught, you, you cashed Texas state last week, right? Mm-hmm. And so lost Mizzou. Lost Mizzou. But uh, I guess as the, uh, as the series, uh, as the season leader, uh, I'll let you get first dibs on the money lines.
2: All right. I've got three. I will start with two that I've already got plays on the total, but I am taking Utah state plus two seventy, off the upset over Air Force. And I'm also, I know I kind of just disparaged them a moment ago as part of the reason I took the under. But like I said, I haven't really been super impressed with Boise either. So I'm taking a bit of a fly here. I think there's some value. I'm taking Oklahoma State plus 150. And then for my final money line Sprinkle, we're going to going to a team that's already picked up one Power 5 win. And I think they could pull off another upset this week. I'm taking Charlotte plus 160.
1: Florida State has not looked right at all. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm in lock agreement on the uh, Oklahoma state State
3: for the money line sprinkle.
4: Yep. For money line sprinkle. I like that one. Are you done, Tom? I'm assuming you're done. done. Okay. And then I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. Like this one's a swing for the fences a little bit. Bud was talking about Utah getting right against San Diego state. San Diego state is six and two straight up against the PAC 12 since 2017. Greg Bell's toting the rock for them. Give me the flyer. Give me the PAC 12 is, is, it's a bunch of okay teams. No great teams, except maybe this year, Oregon is that squad. It's in San Diego. I'm going to take a little, a little shot at the moon here. Uh And then the last one for me, give me Virginia tech. Sorry. Coca as the dog <laughs> against West Virginia, the Mountaineers. Yeah. What- was, that was on the card. I didn't include it because I didn't want Coca crying.
3: <laughs> I, I like the under in that game, but um, yeah, that's, I don't think either team's gonna be very good in the red zone. See a lot of field goal attempts there. Uh, Money line sprinkles. Give me Duke plus one thirty with Northwestern in town. I will take Memphis against Mississippi State. And the swing for the fences one. Uh, hey, let's say Jeff Brom gets it done. He's done it before. <laughs> plus two forty for uh, for Purdue going up against Notre Dame.
1: I have a question for Tom. How close were you to taking Illinois? Not very. Okay. Um, this is not original, but I guess Tom went first, so I guess he could be copying me if I went first. I Tom and I are in total agreement on two of the three. I, I don't want Oklahoma State, but Utah State was one of mine, and Charlotte was my other. Uh, Georgia State does not look right to me at all. Charlotte looks reasonably competent, um, and – Utah State screwed around for about the first 20 minutes of that game last week, and I had that on, and I was watching it, and then they just – they ran so fast tempo-wise, it made me look – like, I felt tired watching them. Like, they, they were spreading the line, nobody's set, and they're going, and they're they're chucking all over the place. This is basically a play based me thinking Navy might really be bad and Air Force coming off a, a win, maybe they're a little overrated now. Those are my two – I'm not gonna throw it on there, but I I did bet VTech as well, and I'm probably gonna bet Memphis. So we're we're in very much like all agreement today as far as the well not, the upsets are gonna come.
3: Not a hundred percent agreement. I mean, we still got uh we still got ourselves a couple lock fights out there. This mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. No, we, we still got some red on the board. You know, Michigan State, Miami, that's going to be a Tom Danny. We got the uh, the total exactly. in Auburn-Penn State, that's going to be a Chip Danny. Then we got Vandy in Stanford, that's going to be a Chip Buds. So everyone's got a little bit of blood that uh, that is either going to be shed or, or taken on one way or the other.
2: I can't remember the last time I only had one either fight or agreement with somebody.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's just, that's it. There's no other agreements. I mean, you're just yeah. on an island how it goes uh, the whole way. I, I could be way ahead. I could be way behind come Sunday. <laughs> and, and here, just to remind uh, the listeners, as a syndicate, we are 55 and 41 on the young season, up 9.9 units. So one way or another, uh, Tom will either help us a lot <laughs> or
1: be a sinking stone uh, to
3: the syndicate's unit.
1: I, we have a Dennis update about the uh-oh. insurance, if we care. Yeah, let's. Oh, yes. of Barton, course I take Vanderbilt insurance. So Barton, as far as like like, it may be hip for him to comment. Barton is still a patient, but he said they do take Vanderbilt uh, <laughs> University, uh, its dental insurance.
3: Hey, and listen, anyone who's trying to ingratiate themselves with the local community knows that that's a great way to be able to do it and make some connections. So I, I think that's a that's probably a smart business decision uh, for for the doctor.
2: I can't wait until we find out like Vanderbilt's defensive game plan was shortened this week because the DC's had a root canal and he's been at the <laughs> <office> all week. <laughs>
3: um, just right before we get out of here. I know it's late in the show and uh, you know, we, we got to keep this moving. but Nebraska and Oklahoma, not a single play was made by any of the four of us. Uh, just any, any thoughts or any hunches? Uh, did it even come close to your card?
4: I had it on there. Nebraska plus 22. But if you remember, after the Illinois, I made a promise. This is principle. I would never take Adrian Martinez's side again, although he's been playing much better. Like, and I think this will be one of those backdoor cover type situations, but I just I cannot take an Adrian Martinez bet again. So I need to wait and see this one.
2: I lean towards Oklahoma. I, I that wasn't really. I didn't put it on the card. It was under consideration. I just think that this is another similar situation to where Oklahoma's defense against Tulane didn't look great, but I still think Oklahoma's defense is pretty good, and I think it's capable of forcing Martinez to stay in the pocket and beat him with his arm. And I don't think that happens.
1: I my, my buy point on Nebraska is twenty six, so I'm not going to buy him here. And uh, I this may not be a bad live spot though. Right, if Oklahoma gets out to a really big lead, um, mm-hmm. potentially, but we'll see. Uh, nah, just a I'm not of expecting no- it
2: to be the game of the century again.
3: Yeah, uh, just just a couple of no bet teams for me. You know, I, I need I need some time. I need some time before I'm willing to uh, to step in there again. You can follow Laurie Loxlin on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip Underscore Patterson Saturday night after the conclusion of Penn State and Auburn is that primetime biggest primetime game Tom will be live blogging so uh, as soon as he gets everything wrapped up follow all of us on Twitter uh, so that you can know when we will be going live for the week three instant reaction gentlemen thank you very much
4: thank you see ya